Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Good to see everybody. Yeah, I love it. Hear all those cheers if you're watching us online. Should you be in the mountains of Colorado, there's grace. We're protecting our hearts. Hope you guys are having fun for all those tuning in. Uh, It's going to be a fun time. I love to laugh. I love to encourage. And so hopefully that's what you guys will get out of this morning's message. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah 6 is where we're going to be. So that's Old Testament. You're going to have to dig around, find Isaiah, big book of the Bible there. If you don't have it, we're going to have it up on the screens in your message notes as well. So it'll take me just a minute to get there. I want to celebrate a big win. If you're here and you feel like you've been at church recently, more recently than even weekly, uh, there's a good chance that took place. 17 services total for our Christmas candlelight celebrations. And let me just tell you, it was over the top. We really are walking in just God's faithfulness, everything that he's doing to reach people and build lives. And so that does not happen. I assure you, this is not a one man, one woman show. It is a serve team to allow something like that to take place. And so I wanna take just a moment and celebrate. Can we celebrate together the serve team, everybody that helped pull that off? I mean, we're talking hot chocolate. We got treats, decor team setups and teardowns. You got yard signs. You got all the things. And it really was. It was amazing. And here's what we get to celebrate. Here's the fruit of all the hard labor. We had over 300 individuals make decisions for Christ, recommit their lives. That's pretty awesome. So how, how do you put a price tag on eternity? I don't think you can. And so maybe that's you. Maybe you made that decision and you're here, you're back, you're just kind of showing up. You, you got the invite, hey, just come back next week. We do this all the time. So if that's you, and, and you made that decision, maybe you received your Bible, you got your closer book, there's no better time to jump in than right now. So we're so glad that you're here. Maybe you're watching online. We're so glad that you're gonna continue to take next steps, and I promise you, I wanna share a little bit of my story this morning. God is faithful. As you take just little steps, it's amazing to see how far we can go with his help. Well, as Kendall said during worship, it is close to New Year's. We're just a couple days off. Brand new year, 2020 kicking off. Really new decade. That's kind of crazy. So we got a new decade at the midst here. And so it is a time. It's a time of reflection. And it's also a time of resolution. So reflection, reflection, looking back, looking back over the past year, maybe highs and lows, things that you're going to remember For us personally, for our family, for me specifically, 2019 will be marked by the year that we launched our Hazlitt campus, uh, which we were a part of, and we have an incredible team. It really was, it was awesome. It was so much fun. I I felt alive the whole time. And so I brought some pictures. You are gonna see the before and after. This is an elementary gym that we converted into a worship center, and it was unbelievable. It took a lot of people to do it, but it was an incredible experience. We had nearly 800 people gathered to worship over two services in Hazlitt, and that really was, it was phenomenal to be a part. My favorite moment, couple favorite moments, communication card, I received my favorite communication card. Here we go, Mr. Carter Sneed, here's what he says. I'm a kid, can you please give me a shout out next service, I'm 11. Come on, Carter, wherever you're at. I love that. 
That's awesome. Shout out. Little did he know it was going to be happening in Keller, man. God had him, man. It wasn't just Hazlitt, man. Keller shout out. I love it. I love it. So that was Carter. And if you know, I've had the chance. I've taught in our grow track and different things. If you know anything about me, I tend to find myself in awkward situations. And usually, again, I'm the common denominator in all my stories. Somehow it's me. So Hazlitt's no different. I had one of those moments I thought it'd be fun just to share with you. Schluter Elementary, it's an elementary school, and so as we began to realize that we're going to kick off our Christmas services, so we're meeting monthly right now, still, still trying to secure a place for us to meet uh, before we go weekly and has it, but so elementary, we're going to kick off in an elementary school, and so I'm all about coaching. Pastor Pat, let me know, Pastor Eddie, they're like, hey, parking's going to be a big deal. You need to figure out the parking. It's an elementary school. Kids don't drive to elementary school, so just teachers and admin, you don't have a lot of parking spaces. So I dropped our middle daughter off. She goes to Wilson Middle there in Hazlitt, brand new school for this year. And I was driving back. And so I was going down 287 where this elementary school is located, Schluter. And I was, it was early. It was early in the morning. I'm half asleep. I'd worked out that morning. So it was cold. I had kind of a sweatshirt hoodie on, had my sunglasses on. I have a black Tahoe, black wheels. Like this is all going to be important. It just, you know, kind of looked like a secret service. Just give you a little bit of backdrop. That, that's kind of how... I roll, and so I pulled into Schluter, and I thought, again, great idea. I need to count parking spaces. I can kind of see how the cars are parked, what it looks like with cars in the parking lot. Some people are laughing. They know where this is going. <laughs> I pulled in completely unaware, and so, again, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out. So I got my little index card, got my pen, and I am creeping through an elementary parking lot, <laughs> school day, counting spaces. And periodically, I would stop, because then I have to note how many spots that were, and I would turn around and go through the next aisle, count parking spaces. I winded back and forth through the school. Now, in my own little semi-defense, at one moment, I looked at the school and I thought, you know, they kind of have the reflective glass you can't see in. I thought if somebody was watching, it would probably appear a little odd, but probably no big deal. And so I was just kind of creeping along, counting parking spaces. I got done counting, and then I started realizing, wait a minute, we're going to need some signage, too. And we got to cone off, got a whole parking team. So I thought, I better, you know, enter into the parking space and kind of see how that feels. And so I exited the parking lot. I came around. I entered in. And then I started thinking, maybe at different speeds. Not everybody drives at the same speed. So I came in a little fast, and I kind of stopped. And I kind of slowed down, and kind of thinking it through. Well, I got done after that and realized, wait a minute, that's just one entry. You could actually enter the other way. So I turned around. Came back, went in the other way. No lie, all of a sudden, I'm in the parking lot. Teacher, mama bear, she ain't happy. She is locked in. She's got a radio in hand, and she is beelining for my car. And I'm thinking, I'm in trouble. Oh, my gosh, what have I done? I've put the school on lockdown. Like, this is not good. And so I immediately drive towards her. I, I take my sunglasses off. I roll down the window. She said, sir, can I help you? And I said, oh my gosh, I am so, so sorry. I'm a pastor. I'm actually a pastor at Keystone Church. And so if you don't, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Keystone, we love you. I was just joking. I said milestone. I said, I'm a pastor at Milestone. Man, we're starting services. I'm trying to count parking spaces. I apologize. She was like, okay, yeah. Our school, I mean, we got kids under desk right now. No, that's not true either. But she's like, you're making us a little nervous. I totally get it. Totally get it. I'm leaving now. It's all good. I apologize. I'm so sorry. And so I thought it was over. And so I went to exit out. And at the same time, I looked. And one of my buddies that we actually were in Live Well small group together, he was running, just happened to be running. So I stopped. And there he was, Wes. Hey, I want to say hi. So Wes is running. So I you know, kind of stay there. And he comes running by, Wes, hey. So he comes up to the door. And we're just talking. 
And I was sitting there talking to him. Now, I didn't tell him about everything that went down. I was trying to be like, trying to forget that. And so I'm sitting there talking with him and I hear it. Sirens in the background. Oh no, this is not over. I was hoping it wouldn't be so. Fort Worth's finest, here they come and they're coming fast. I mean, they're, they got sirens on. They are speeding down the road. And I turned to Wes. I literally looked at him and said, Wes, hang on one second. I think they're coming for me. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, I'm serious. I think they're coming for me. And so next thing you know, they blocked me in. And I rolled down the window. Thank goodness I had met this officer when we were doing the buses from Adam. So Officer Dan, I'm like, Dan. He's like, yeah. I said, are you looking for kind of a middle-aged, bald, kind of creeper guy? And he's like, that's exact. Yes, I'm looking for that guy. I said, I'm him. I'm sorry. I'm the pastor, not self-aware. I apologize. And so anyway, he gave me grace, thankful for it. I'm still allowed on campus. So anyway, all things are good with Schluter. Funny, funny story. That's awesome. Resolution, reflecting, reflecting back, but it's also a time to look forward. We want to see some changes in our life. This is the time that we start thinking through the next year, goals in mind, resolutions. Here's some top resolutions. So if you're thinking through resolutions, typically they're going to fall, as I kind of looked at them for 2020, really three kind of main categories. Finances. Finances will be a big deal. A lot of people are going to make financial goals for the upcoming year. Fitness is always a big one. You want to work out more. You want to weigh less. You got all the things. Eating habits. Fitness is going to be a big category. Relationships. Relationships are a big deal. Wanting to mend maybe broken relationships, improve relationships, maybe marriages, different things with your children. Those are some of the resolutions that we basically are going to be important to us as we look forward in the new year. Here's what I love. Jesus wants to speak to our resolutions. This morning I want to talk about lasting change. How do we see change in our lives? You might not know this, but Jesus speaks directly to some of these resolutions that we're going to make. So Isaiah 6 is where we're going to be, but let me just read Matthew 6, verse 31. Let's let Jesus speak into some of these resolutions that we might be making. 31, here's what it says. Don't worry, Jesus speaking. Don't worry saying, what shall we eat? So if you're thinking keto, maybe paleo, maybe go plant-based, right? So Jesus says, hey, hang tight. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink or what you shall wear. For the pagans, pagans just meaning just even the everyday person, not even in a relationship with God. For the pagans run after all these things. We all pursue these things. And your heavenly father, he knows that you need them. I love that. He, He knows that this is important to us. He knows that we need these things. Here's the key, verse 33. But seek first. So the issue here is priority. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things, these things that matter so much to us, will be given to you as well. I love that. If we're gonna see lasting change in our lives, if 2020 is gonna be a great year, let me give you a tip directly from scripture from Jesus himself. The issue is gonna be your priority, what you focus on. Here's what I'm convinced of. Lasting change is possible when we put God first and not man. God wants to give everything that's on your heart, things that matter to you, he knows. He knows that you're pursuing them, but don't miss this. Don't make those resolutions your primary focus, but seek first. Seek him if we wanna see lasting change in our life, because lasting change, it's not easy. It's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. It's not easy. It takes time. And that's what I love about Isaiah. 
In the book of James, James is Jesus' brother. He's got a book in the Bible, and he writes that we can look to the prophets, Isaiah being a prophet, we can look to the prophets as examples of patience. And I love that because we're gonna need patience if we're gonna see lasting change in our lives. Now, Isaiah 6, here's what you need to know about Isaiah 6. It might be the sixth chapter, but it's where everything begins for Isaiah. Isaiah, this is his call to ministry. This is where he encounters the living God. So everything starts with this call. So let's read from Isaiah 6. We're gonna read eight verses. So let's read this together. Isaiah 6, beginning in verse one. Here's what the Bible says. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted. Look at that language, high and exalted. Seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim. Don't let that throw you off. That's just angelic beings, and they're powerful too. Literally, seraphim means fire. So these are like fiery, angelic beings. Each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another. Here's what they're saying to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and thresholds, literally the foundations, shook. And the temple was filled with smoke. Here's Isaiah's response. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, the place of sacrifice. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah's response, here I am, send me. If you're online, you're here this morning, I wanna talk about three simple things that we can learn from Isaiah in regards to seeing lasting change in our life. Point number one in your notes, here we go. God's holiness reveals our need for change. It's God's holiness. It's God's holiness, holy, holy, holy. It's God's holiness that reveals our personal need for change. I love Isaiah's response. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. He goes on to say that I have unclean lips. I live among a people of uncleanness. He's seeing God's holiness and he sees how far separate he is, how much guilt he carries. We were called to represent him, but we failed. The seraphim's response, you're talking about powerful angelic beings. They literally shield their eyes from God's holiness, from his perfection, from his power, from his majesty, from everything that who he is. They have to shield their eyes. They cover their feet, which again was a sign of uncleanness. They're covering themselves because they realize the power and the presence that they're in. I love that, the fact that it's God's holiness. That's why Pastor Jeff says all the time, Don't fall prey. That's why you need a good heathen friend he always jokes about. Because we compare ourselves among ourselves to kind of buy us time to make us feel better about the situations or decisions we've made. You were never meant to compare yourself among yourself. We were created to represent a holy God. And the Bible's very clear, we've all fallen short. So if you're here this morning, and you feel like, gosh, I I feel separate, I, I feel, you know, just distant, I feel guilty, 
Well, you're in good company because the Bible's filled with individuals that encounter the living God and they recognize that there's a gap, an insurmountable gap that we all face. For me, it's a picture. This picture brings up memories for me. It's thrown up on the screen here. You might be thinking, gosh, is that the temple? Is that Jerusalem? That's not Jerusalem. That's not the temple. That's Denton. That's Denton County Courthouse. That's where I found myself in the summer of 2005, in a situation that I never thought was possible. My wife and I, we were going through the process of a divorce. I had made some decisions that I'm not proud of. I had made some decisions that had broken my wife's heart, that literally was tearing my family apart. We worked together, we had a family business that we were involved in, and I was participating in activity that, again, I look back and it's so shameful for me to even think that I could have ended up there. But, but that's where I was, and I loved my wife. I, I did, I loved my wife. I hated the decisions that I had made. I hated the decisions that I was making. I, I was struggling with, with addiction. There was just a lot of things going on at that, that, that point. And, and I remember sitting there with a team of lawyers on one side, my wife on the other. And, and I don't know if you've ever been to that place, but if you've woken up and you literally begin to hate the person you've become, like you don't even recognize your own self in the mirror, like that's where I was. But in that brokenness, I'm so thankful for God who revealed himself. And he literally spoke to me in the Denton County Courthouse. Now, it wasn't audible. It wasn't like some mystical, weird thing. But I knew it was God. And here's what he simply said. You say you know who I am, but you have no idea. And in that moment, I knew exactly who was speaking to me. And I knew exactly what he meant. Because at that point, I identified as a Christian. Like if you were to basically ask, I had no qualms with the existence of God. Like I realized that, man, things are way too complex for this to be all chance. But, but I, I claimed something that I wasn't walking in. I, I thought I knew God, but the reality was I knew nothing about God. And he wanted to be very clear. Your perception of who you think I am, it has nothing to do with my reality because I'm holy, 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 and you are not walking, you're not living, you are not pursuing me. And in that moment, I realized that I'm in trouble, that, that there needs to be changes in my life. After working with people for years, here's what I found. It doesn't take a lot. Like, we don't have to hit this point very hard because we all feel guilty. And, and, and when we're in the presence of God, there, there's, it makes total sense that we would feel separate, that, that he's better than, he's completely other. We don't struggle with that, but here's what we do struggle. We struggle with God's response to our separateness, to our guilt, because he is a good God. Point number two, what can we learn from Isaiah about lasting change? Point number two, God meets our need with forgiveness and purpose. I love that. I love the fact that God didn't leave Isaiah to, woe is me, I'm ruined. No, he sends one of his angelic beings in verse six, one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin atoned for. Now, we know the imagery. We know because of the entire story of the Bible that forgiveness is available in Christ. It was God's plan that he had before the beginning of time to send his son, to die a death on the cross, to be raised from the dead. That's what's gonna give us the forgiveness, the wholeness. That's what's gonna give us a new heart, a new spirit. In that moment, he didn't live Isaiah there. Woe is me. No, he touched his lips and said, I've provided provision for your guilt. I'm gonna provide you with forgiveness. So thankful that it didn't end in a Denton County courthouse. 
after God speaking to me, he put a friend on my heart and on my mind. I knew for a fact this was the person I was supposed to reach out to. I was so scared. I was so embarrassed. And again, I love people. I've always been good with people. I've been in sales my entire life. And so I could kind of paint the picture any way I wanted to paint it. I could play the victim card. But if I quieted my soul, if I laid down my head at night, I knew that, man, I was in trouble and that I wasn't being open and honest about really where my soul was. And God put a man on my heart, a buddy from high school, and I knew that was the person I was supposed to reach out to. And I didn't want to do it. But I eventually did. I reached out to this friend. Little did I know that he had given his life to Christ, that he had become a Christian, and he had gotten connected to a great church, and that church was Milestone Church. And I asked to go to dinner with them. We sat at dinner for the first time. I'll never forget it. I was open and real and raw about what I was dealing with. Here's the decisions I've made. Here's the situation I find myself in. My marriage is over. I have a one year, she wasn't even a year old. I have a baby girl. That's what we were fighting for in the Denton County Courthouse was in regards to visitation, what that was gonna look like. And in that moment, I got real with him and he simply just said this. You might not understand everything that you're describing, but, but here's what I want you to know. This is what he told me. God loves you. Forgiveness is available in Jesus and he simply invited me to church. And it was incredible because when I came into Milestone Church, not only did I find forgiveness, but I found spiritual family. I found a relationship, relationship not only with God, but with others. So a lot of times we struggle with the fact that God is so good that he doesn't wanna leave us in our separateness. No, he wants to reach out to us. One story that I love from this year, if you're a Baylor fan, which I know we got a pastor who's a big Baylor fan, TCU played Baylor. Baylor was in Fort Worth, and at the time, this was a few games ago, I know they're playing New Year's Eve, but Baylor was undefeated coming into Fort Worth. They hadn't lost a game. And if you watched it, TCU was an incredible game, went three overtimes at the last minute. Baylor pulls it off. They win the game in Fort Worth. Now, here's the thing is we have some family friends. We got a friend, and I had him send me some pictures. His name is Hill, Hill Wiley. His mom is great friends with my wife, and so we've known them for years. He, he was basically raised at Amon G. Carter Stadium in Fort Worth, TCU Stadium. TCU fans, he's there at every game. He's been raised up there, and he's a trip, and he's just kind of a fun kid. And so one of the things that he's done from day one is at the end of the games, he's figured out all the security loopholes. He sneaks onto the field at the end of the game. Now with technology, he has a phone, he's in eighth grade, so now he likes to take pictures with some of his favorite players. So I had him send me some of his pics. So there he is, Texas, even after the defeat, man, there he is with a QB, he likes quarterbacks. So he's there with Texas, he's there with Oklahoma. Nothing different with this Baylor game. He gets on the field, him and his buddy Garrett, and there he is with Charlie Brewer getting a picture on the field. At that moment, they literally were trying to convince Charlie to give them his shoes. That's the conversation that was taking place. <laughs> now, here's the crazy thing, as he gained confidence. So they're there, at the time they're talking to Charlie, that the team is called in. So the team starts running in. Well, Hill and his buddy Garrett, they just kind of start running with the team. They don't know what they're doing. They're on the field, they're just, they start running with the team. Well, then all of a sudden, they're kind of enclosed, and you got all these grown men, pads and all, and you got a couple of eighth grade boys just running. Nobody saw them. They just kept running. They found themselves in the locker room with Baylor <laughs> celebrating the win. The coach gathers up the team. They do an opening prayer, and Coach Matt literally says amen, lifts up his eyes, and there's two young boys in the midst of all his players. 
Now, at first he's thinking, you can listen to this. Like he did a whole press conference on this. At first he's thinking, who, who are these? Should I know who these boys are? are these donors, kids? Or I mean, like who? I, maybe, maybe I'm in the, you know, in the dark. And finally he can't get past it. He tries to ignore it. But then he finally looks at him and says, wait a minute, who are y'all? And so they kind of look around. They're scared. They don't know what to do. You know, they know they're not supposed to be there. And he says, no, no, no. who are you guys? And they just looked up and said, well, we're Baylor fans now. That was their response. And here's the cool thing. This is what I love about it. Now, you would think that this is when the security's called and, man, they get handcuffed. They go find mom and dad. No, the coach takes the opportunity and says, well, if you're Baylor fans, then celebrate with us. And for the next 15 minutes, they crowd surf. They're carried around by the players in the locker room. There's some pictures. That is the most unbelievable moment. And I love that story because in a moment, when two young men are in a position that they know they're not supposed to be, they're in a location they know they're not supposed to be, they're extended grace and mercy and they have the time of their lives. How much does that equate to where we're at when we're in a relationship with God? We feel the separateness, amen, absolutely. We can feel the guilt, but God extends grace and mercy and forgiveness and you can walk with your held with your head held high, not because of you or anything you've done, but because of Jesus and all that he's accomplished on your behalf. But I love the fact that it's not just forgiveness. I love the fact that when the seraphim came down, they touched Isaiah's lips. Why his lips? Isaiah was called to be a prophet. I really think he could have touched anything. Again, it's just imagery. But I love the fact that it's not just about forgiveness. That God doesn't wanna just reconcile you to a holy God. He wants to release you in your purpose. Isaiah was called to be a prophet. His lips were touched with the coal. The disciples, if you go to the New Testament, they were fishermen. When they were called to be evangelists to go and share the good news of Jesus, everything that Jesus had done, Jesus himself said, you are now fishers of men. God wants to meet you where you're at. He wants to provide forgiveness and grace, and he wants to release you into your purpose. We see this all throughout scripture. Ephesians 2.10, one of my favorite verses. For we are God's handiwork. This order is important. We're created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's a promise for every one of you. If you're a believer in Christ, if you were created in Christ Jesus, the moment you raised your hand, the moment you responded, whatever that looked like for you, the Bible says that you become a new creation. The Bible says that you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that you're adopted, that you're forgiven, that you're redeemed, but you're also released into your ultimate purpose, a purpose that he has specific for you, which he's had planned before the foundations of this world for you to walk in and to enjoy. That's incredible. Point number three, point number three, our willingness to God's purpose reflects our heart. You have a role to play in this. Your willingness. Verse eight in Isaiah, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Look at the willingness of Isaiah. Here I am, send me. Now here's what you need to know about our willingness. Why do we need to have patience if we're gonna see lasting change in our life? Well, one, very simply, there is an enemy. There's an enemy. The Bible says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy he wants to do everything possible to keep you from walking in the fullness of what God has for you. Whether that's 2020, whether that's a new decade, there is a real enemy. And I think a lot of times, again, we understand that, that makes sense to us, 
But on the flip side, here's something that you need to know. You also have a loving father. You have a loving father who is holy, holy, holy. He's mighty. He's completely other and he thinks different than you. Proverbs 20, 24 says this. A person's steps are directed by the Lord. How then? How then can anyone understand their own way? Isaiah didn't fully understand. When he said, here I am, send me, he had no idea what that was gonna look like. He just simply took a step. Denton County Courthouse to praying to receive Christ at Chipotle. That's where I got saved, Denton, in a Chipotle. I had no idea what I was saying yes to, but I knew I needed to see change in my life. I knew that there's situations, circumstances that I needed forgiveness for. So thankful that as you just take a step, God meets you and he continues to guide you and lead you by his Holy Spirit. But if you're here and you don't fully understand, maybe you're walking in circumstances or situations that you didn't ask for, that you don't understand, you don't know what God's doing, you're in good company as well. Because the Bible says he thinks different. He's holy. He's completely other. He's directing your steps. How could you understand if it's really God who's leading you? Whether it's the Denton County Courthouse or I look back, Chipotle. When God called me to begin fighting for my marriage, he called me to begin fighting for my marriage. And at the time, again, I'd said yes to Jesus, but I did not want to have to go back. I didn't want to have to go back and try to deal with all the heartbroken and all the destruction. I just wanted a new start. But when God called me to begin fighting for my marriage, little did I know that he was gonna soften my wife's heart to provide forgiveness and grace towards me. And God began just to set me. And here's the thing I want everybody to understand because it's so important. When I began fighting for my marriage, it wasn't to save my marriage. I began fighting for my marriage because I'd fallen in love with Jesus. That's why I did what I did. And that's important because again, it's lasting change always begins with God. It's simply hearing his voice and stepping out in faith and trying to be obedient to whatever it is that he's calling you to. When he planted me here at Milestone Church, he surrounded me with men who would love me and coach me. I was plagued with insecurity, I still wrestle with it today, that when I'm coached up, a lot of times I take it as rejection, it's not easy. A lot of times it's easy that we think to be obedient to God, but can you be obedient to men that you trust that are working and and speaking on behalf of God? That's not easy. There's things that you wanna pursue. There's people you wanna be like. That's not God's plan for you. You have to trust his process. So when I think about whether it was starting out and overseeing facilities, whether it was beginning to work with our volunteers, whether it was quitting our business, we were in a family business. I left it, began into Milestone for three years, went back to school to get a degree through seminary, all those things. I didn't fully understand what I was saying yes to. I was just trying to be obedient and position myself in willingness to do whatever it was that God was calling me to. Grow tracks, small groups, all the little steps I've taken. By no means am I setting myself up as the example, but I'm here to encourage you. God has a plan, he has a purpose. And in 2019, when we walked into Hazlitt and all the opportunity and what God is doing, I'm telling you, I knew for a fact what I was created for and all the little steps that God's taken me in. And it's not over. There's always gonna be tests that you're gonna have to pass. But God has a plan for you. He knows what he's doing. And so it's just a matter of you simply just continuing to take little next steps and trusting his plan. One of my favorite moments from Christmas services I had the opportunity as I watched Pastor Jeff had preached an incredible message and then he lays out the plan of salvation. 
And there was a grown man, he sat kind of over in the left-hand side, again, we're in a gymnasium. So we're in a gymnasium at an elementary school. And I saw a grown man, his hand shot up when Pastor Jeff asked. His hand shot up, he was probably roughly maybe 60 years old. I'm always blown away when I see a man respond to the gospel, especially at an age like that, because there's no faking it. You're not just going through the motions, like God was doing something special in that moment. And I sat there and I watched and I was blown away and I was excited just to see a response. But little did I know that after service, I was walking through what we call our commons. It's a cafeteria, but we call it the commons. And I was walking through our commons and one of our leaders stopped me. She's a counselor at the very school we were having services in. And she had tears in her eyes and she said, my dad got saved. I said, your dad? And she said, yeah. That was him that raised his hand. She'd been praying for him for 20 years. Who would have thought he grew up in a tradition very different than Milestone, a high church tradition. He'd been closed off. She had gotten saved in college at a non-denominational church and she'd been praying for her father, trying to engage in conversation. He was very closed off, wouldn't engage. And sitting in an elementary school gymnasium with a message of salvation in Jesus, his hand shot up and I'm telling you, he's a new creation. And she even sent me a text and said, her family's gonna be entirely different. He's engaging conversations that they've never had a chance to be able to talk about till now. That's awesome. So when you experience stuff like that, let me tell you what church, we're doing this together. We're all members of the body. We're doing this as spiritual family. We're walking this out together, but it's gotta take willingness. There has to be a willingness on our part just to continue to say yes. And you're taking steps as an individual as well. Your family's looking to you to position yourself in humility with some willingness to say, I don't fully understand. I don't know, but if God's calling me to it, if it aligns with his word, if it aligns with people, trusted voices in my life, I'm just gonna say yes, and I'm gonna keep taking steps, and I promise you, he is faithful to get you where he has planned. He will finish the work he began in Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord, for just this time together. God, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you have planned for us. God, I thank you for this season, Lord, as we look to prepare, Lord, three days, the beginning of the new year, Lord, of prayer and fasting. God, I pray that there would be individuals that maybe would pray and fast for the first time. God, this is all about getting your perspective, Lord. As we set time aside at the beginning of the new year, Lord, to, to be able to seek you, Lord, to, to, to ask for wisdom and help us better understand, Lord, what it is, questions we have. But most importantly, Lord, give us a courage on the inside just to continue to keep saying yes to keep taking one step after another, Lord, to experience everything that you have planned, to walk in the good works that you prepare beforehand, Lord, only plans that you would know. Lord, we love you, we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, Leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.